Today's second lesson is from Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we dig in now to what God has in store for us in Romans 12 today, having over these past several weeks elegantly heard Paul's Argument, God's word for us in the first 11 chapters. He has shown us that apart from faith, how it should have ended wouldn't be so good for us. Now, how it should have ended is a, a popular phrase. It's actually H I S H E, it's an acronym. You can find it all over the internet. You know, we're not like uh, to just keep the story how it ended anymore, right? There are all kinds of artists who have decided, you know, I think this movie would be better if it ended like this. And so they make their own version. And you can find that movie or that story or that work of art on how someone else thinks it should have ended. Well, the reality is that when we create the world around us how, how we think it should have ended, what we find out in these first 11 chapters of Romans is that us taking control and trying to tell God how it should have ended in, in Genesis 3 in the Garden of Eden ended up only bringing death upon ourselves. But God had a vision on how it should have ended from the very beginning, as it turns out. And He, by His grace, as we hear through faith in these first 11 chapters, had a different picture for you and for me because of the power of God for salvation. Everyone who believes. We get a new ending, as we heard in Romans 10. A new ending. And now we get a new life. And in chapter 11, we hear so too at this present time in verse 5, there is a remnant chosen by grace. You and I, by God's grace, get to be that remnant. A remnant who are transformed 
by God as it's described in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12. And we come to this calling now in verses 3 and following, following that we'll discover that God has for us. It's not a response to all that God has done to create this new ending, this new life, but really a result. A result of the good work of God, the good work of grace, the good work of faith in our lives. Now we've some months ago spent time in the book of James and talked about the reality of the paradox of faith and works, that we neither, as we've heard in Romans, save ourselves by our works, but that doesn't exclude them either. We are also reminded that we cannot separate works from faith. Not because works gets us to God, but because, again, not our response, but the result of God working in us as he restores creation back to what he always intended. God's plan is being made manifest now in you and me. When our lives are shaped not by how we think it should have ended, but how God now through grace in Christ has designed for it to be so for all those who believe. And as we hear in verse 3, we get now not just a new ending, as you hear that phrase, a measure of faith, but we get a new standard. Sometimes this phrase is misunderstood to think that uh, my cup of faith is bigger than yours or, or, or there's some sort of uh, measuring cup of faith that you need to attain to. No, this free gift of faith is given to you and to me. And maybe a better way to understand that word measure in English would be, as many scholars have suggested, a standard, a single standard. A standard that's been articulated throughout these many chapters. Faith. This gift of faith. And because of this new end, Christ, and this new standard, which really isn't new because it's been the standard that God has used with His people as we've seen Throughout the generations, faith is how our lives are to be shaped. This is a free gift of God. This is the new ending that God has for us in Christ Jesus. And this new ending, this new standard, now comes with a vocation and a calling. Vocation is the theological term that we place on the calling that God has on our daily lives. As we read throughout these many verses in Romans 12 today, that calling is diverse. 
with not one being better than the other. Unique, but still one body, one call. God uses each of us with our diverse gifts, but for our own mutuality and for the sake of our neighbor. One of the places in the Gospels that I think paints an important example of this is when Jesus fed the thousands. There, a little boy offered up some fish and bread. And the disciples then had the task of passing it out after Jesus blessed it. You see, Jesus did the miracle. But he used his servants. He took the ordinary and did the extraordinary. How did this end? And who is this for? For the neighbor. But who did it glorify? Christ. And who did God use? His people. Notice, when you read the story of that miracle in the New Testament, we don't hear the disciples bragging about how well they passed out the loaves. Or that my system of distribution was better than yours. And you don't see the little boy talking about how It must have been that he had such good fish and bread that it would multiply like that, right? It was the work of Christ, but using their ordinary gifts. But some of us were like that. In fact, all of us are at different points, right? We, well, I just wish I had this gift. If I had this gift to offer, we think, well, then I could really be used by God. I can't sing or play bells like those amazing instruments that we just heard. Or I, oh, I just wish I could do that. Then then I could really be used by God. Or some of us uh, then in our wishing will go on to dismissing. (laughs) We'll dismiss the gifts that God has given us. And to be sure, all baptized children of God This is a promise from God and he keeps his promises. You do have a gift. This listing of gifts is not an exhaustive one. We see uh, two, actually three times a listing of gifts by the apostle in the New Testament. And none of them are exhaustive. And after wishing and then dismissing, then sometimes, sometimes some of us ignore We ignore the calling before us. In the story that I told you about from the New Testament, some of the disciples wanted to take Jesus into town and let those people fend for themselves, right? Some of us ignore the the opportunity to share the gospel or serve our neighbor that's right before us. It might be in your own home. And then there's fear. Fear keeps us 
sometimes stopped in our tracks from doing what God has equipped us for and gifted us for. And sometimes that fear is not unfounded. Sometimes doing what God calls us to do can be dangerous and difficult. But we don't do it alone. We do it with the very power of the gospel that you are authorized by. You are called and equipped by the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Yes, indeed, sometimes our missions are difficult and dangerous. Our vocation as a famous Lutheran theologian writing about this calling from our baptism, right? He said, our vocation and our calling is sometimes the place that we, as Jesus tells us we will, bear the cross. Whether it's through your relationships that are dear to you, even those can be difficult. But you know, I was thinking about the Coast Guard this week. They don't build bases on the coastline just to uh, show off their cool tech. They don't train uh, rescue swimmers uh, just to you know, compete in a competition. Their presence, whether on the mouth of a, a river going in the Pacific Ocean or in the treacherous uh, waters up near Alaska, their presence is there for a reason. To enact a rescue plan in the same way the church is built. God's people are scattered in, throughout our city and throughout the world as rescue stations for the good news of the gospel, for the care and love of our neighbors. And so, we are called, as one scholar put it, as God is at work, cramming heaven into earth. As we pray, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is cramming heaven into earth through you and me. This is the calling that we've been given. Now the, the Roman Christians would not have been living in some glorious circumstance that Paul first wrote to. Not many of them were rich or influential or maybe even powerful. Most of the time they gathered in small house churches. Their lives were a far cry from some of the uh, glories that were known in the city of Rome at the time. And yet, they were called. So I invite you today, don't wait for that perfect moment. Don't wait for your life to be perfect. Allow instead the perfect work of Christ, the power of the gospel, to allow earth to get crammed with heaven through you.
And he gives us this vision and, and this life, this new life, to live in relationship with God. And so we're called to come to his word, to live in relationship with a body of Christ that is the church and mutuality with other. And so we're called to do life together. And that's why I keep inviting you to check out those opportunities to grow in a group. And we're called to live it out by sharing this new life to the world around us. Are all three of these expressions in your life? Don't wait. Don't sit on the shoreline. God wants to do the extraordinary through the work of His Holy Spirit. And notice how He has been doing it through faith. In the ordinary, God brings the extraordinary and it becomes the real life location where the baptized, you and me, bear the cross of Christ. Our baptismal identity authorizes our calling. The ordinary and extraordinary are commingled and our lives become a means for the Holy Spirit to cram heaven on earth. Turns out there's a new episode after all of how it should have ended. And it's in the body of Christ. In your life and in mine. With a new end and a new standard, faith. Your new life in Christ is a calling and a picture of that love that you and I are invited to share so that the world can know that God is at work. And while by our own strength it should have ended one way, because of Christ and His cross, there's a whole new ending and a whole new beginning. Amen.